1: I am only one, but I am one. I cannot do everything, but I can do something, and I will not let what I cannot do interfere with what I can do. Edward Everett Hale said that way back in the 1800s, and it's precisely what we're going to be talking about today. Yeah, we're all just one person. But oh my gosh, what we can do for others and what we can do for animals, even one person at a time, is absolutely extraordinary. Both of my guests believe that. I believe that. I'm Victoria Moran, the host of this program. I hang out at mainstreetvegan.net. So if you want to know more about what's happening on Main Street, at least Main Street vegan style, to visit us there and check things out. After the break today, I will be introducing us all to Susan Prolman of Activism for Animals. And right now, I am very happy to be introducing another attorney. We're two for two today, uh, animal interested attorneys. Um, my first guest is Jay Schuster. He is a lawyer with the Richmond Law Group where he focuses on false advertising lawsuits against factory farms. You've seen these. They portray their production practices as humane and natural and free from antibiotics and other contaminants. He also serves as a consultant to the Non-Human Rights Project and as a legal advisor to the Grassroots Advocacy Network Direct Action Everywhere. He lives in Brooklyn with his partner Rocky and their eight rescued animals. They have an Oscar fish named Samantha, three chihuahuas, and four chickens. Last week, we had the vegan voyagers who are traversing the country with a chicken. This is starting to, to be a roll. Maybe there will be more chickens and more families. Hey, Jay, welcome to the program.
3: Thanks so much for having me.
1: Well, it's absolutely wonderful. You come highly recommended, and I'm just really excited about several things that you do. One certainly is that you are are a working attorney who's actually working on behalf of animals. How did you get so lucky?
3: Well, um, really, it's, it's, this was related to something I hope we'll get to talk about, but it's all through my connections with the animal rights community. Um, building connections with other lawyers who inspired me to follow this path, and um, donors and other advocates were able to support me to be able to do this work.
1: Oh, that's wonderful. And, and I do know that the importance of community is a great big deal for people who are, are wanting to do activism on their own or as part of a group. So why don't you just riff about that a little bit? Tell us about your experience and what this means to you.
3: Sure. So when I first learned about the horrors of uh, animal agriculture and some of the ways that animals are treated in, in different industries, um, you know, I felt so alone, like I was facing this insurmountable challenge, uh, you know, the scale of the suffering and, and the, the few people that I knew who were talking about it just often made me feel like I was going through the world alone and that, that was tough. Um, but what changed everything for me was actually starting to meet and interact with other people who were going through the same thing and who were also deeply moved by this problem. And my outlook now as somebody who is deeply immersed in a community of like-minded people who are working to, to change the world for animals has, leaves me feeling so much more optimistic and confident that we'll be able to make the changes that I want to see. And I know so many... Oh, I'm sorry.
1: No, that's okay. Go ahead.
3: Oh, so I was just going to say I know so many people like me who are sort of these either lonely vegans or, or not even vegans, just people who really strongly believe that something is seriously wrong in the world with the way animals are treated, but feel uh, like they're going through it alone. And, uh, and I've seen this in all corners of our society from the average, uh, average folks who are you know, going to college um, to even elite law professors in my experience in academia. And everywhere you look, we have these silent supporters who are who care deeply about this issue. But the, for me, the, what I think is key for all of these people is to sort of find each other and join forces. And that's how we'll be able to achieve the change that we need.
1: So did you go to law school knowing that you wanted to work on behalf of animals?
3: Uh, yes, I, I did, actually. I got to. Um, so since I was very little, I I thought I wanted to go to law school to do some sort of social justice work, to to fight for um, some oppressed group and and speak up for them. Um, But it was only much later, uh, after I got to college, that I realized that uh, animal rights was something that I wanted to dedicate a lot of time to. And I met some animal rights attorneys that then convinced me that I should pursue that goal uh, through uh, becoming a lawyer, going to law school.
1: Mm, That's wonderful. And I really like your clients. Uh, So you say that a lot of people in this movement are talking about where we need to donate and how we can do that most wisely. And that's an important thing. But that we really need to build a movement where individuals can make advocacy a big part of their lives. So how do we do that?
3: Yeah, that's such a good question. I just wanted to say I think that's so important uh, that we include people uh, who uh, maybe don't have the means to to donate, but even uh, for people who who can donate to really immerse them into a community and a movement where people are are really making advocacy a big part of their lives. And so some things that I really think that people – there are so many things that I think you can do as an individual aside from just uh, making a donation, which is obviously very important. Um, but some of those things um, uh, start, I would say, uh, with organizing and attending events. So that could be protests or meetups or Meet or organizing an affinity group where you can talk about um, animal rights uh, in relation to whatever community you're a part of, whether that's the Christian community or the, the Jewish community, which I'm a part of, um, or any other sort of affinity group that you uh, might belong to. Um, and there are so many other ways, too, that... Uh, I Something that we discussed earlier was uh, the animals that I live with, um, and I think that yeah, adopting and caring for rescued animals is such a powerful way that individuals can get involved in activism and inviting people into their homes to to meet animals and, and sharing stories about the animals that you've rescued or adopted on social media. Um, and there are so many other ways too. I could I could go on. Um, <laughs> Getting involved in party politics, uh, canvassing, phone banking, voting, um, and then just speaking out uh, wherever you are with your friends, family, coworkers, classmates um, and and even other elsewhere in public. So there's a million different ways I think people can get involved.
1: And what's your favorite? What just makes your heart sing whenever you're engaging in it?
3: That's a really good question, and I think for me, the by far the most rewarding experiences I've had are just talking with people in my community, people in my classroom, my boss, um, about these issues, and and really getting to connect with people who I already am close with, uh, and and get to talk have a real frank and serious conversation about these issues, and. I always say, you know you don't have to be vegan to do this uh, you don't you don't have to even think of yourself as an animal rights activist, but one of the things that I get the most value of and th- out of and think one of the most important things that anyone can do is to just speak up about these issues where wherever you are um, and I've just found this to be um, extremely impactful and rewarding. And effective um, to have really serious, deep conversations about about these issues.
1: Let me ask you about how to do that. I was in in London a couple of weeks ago and one of the great joys, as I've said before on this show, was that I got to spend time with my first yoga teacher who's 93 and absolutely amazing. And she's been lacto-vegetarian since 1952. So I I can't tell her anything. I mean, this woman was vegetarian when it was the weirdest thing going. And she's virtually vegan, but she doesn't call herself vegan because every now and then she has some kefir. And she said to me after hearing me speak, you do me proud because you're not one of those who tells people what they have to do. And I've heard several times lately, in fact, my my blog post this week at MainStreetVegan.net is called Easing Others In. It's about kind of gentle communication. So here we are in the situation where the atrocities against the animals are so hideous. Why should we be at all polite? And yet... If we're not, we lose people. So where do you come down on all that?
3: That's such a um, good question, and I think there's a little bit of both involved. Because I do think sometimes um, to be an effective activist involves making people a little bit uncomfortable and asking really difficult questions and raising really difficult issues. But I think there's a way to do that um, in a compassionate way in and in, in a constructive way. And I think um, one of the first things that I want to say is that I think a lot of people worry about coming across as the stereotypical preachy vegan, um, and they don't want to, to, to talk about it or are very nervous about it. And I sort of strongly encourage people to sort of get rid of that mindset and uh, and just because of what you were saying before, this is the, the scale and intensity of this atrocity is so great. I mean, I think it is. It's urgent for us to address it and to address it seriously. But I find something that um, I don't think we should be embarrassed to talk about it. But I do think that an important way of framing it and a way that I find it to be very effective is to say, look, this isn't about you. I'm not here to shame you for not being vegan or vegetarian. This is about changing the world. And for most people that I talk to, changing the world to make it reflect the, the values of the, of the person I'm talking to. And through all of my experience in, in law school um, and in my work working outside of the animal rights field, I find that people are extreme, extremely receptive to this and often end conversations saying, you know, even though I'm not sure I'm ready to go vegan or vegetarian – I support you. I support this mission. We are on the same team here. And I think it's really important to to sort of reframe the conversation, I think, to make it go beyond just the person that you're talking to, their personal contribution or not to the problem, and ask them to join us in this broader struggle that goes way beyond our individual personal impacts and to join us in the fight to to change the world, to, to create a world that we really want to live in. And mm. I think that framing you can talk about it in a way that is powerful, and you can say this is a really serious moral issue, and you don't just have to be nice and smiley about it. you can be really serious and and earnest about it um, and make a powerful statement with that approach.
1: You can indeed, and I'll bet you do it beautifully. I would love to be the proverbial fly on the wall. <laughs> And, and watch you speaking with someone who's new to these ideas. So, Jay, I know that we met at an event a few months ago about people who are interested in animal rights and spirituality. So how do you combine these two things? Where do you see the crossover?
3: That's a really good question. Um, so I really think that people I meet from so many different faiths and from people who are not even necessarily spiritual. Um, people from all walks of life care deeply about animals in this country. And I think that um, and that at the root of so many uh, religions or different forms of spirituality are these fundamental principles of, of justice that are embedded also in, in our law, um, at least at, at its core. And I think that when we really think seriously about those principles, about doing unto others as we want uh, done to ourselves, when we think seriously about these norms and ideas that we shouldn't discriminate against anyone based simply just on how they look, these principles are deeply enshrined in all of these different uh, religions and, and belief systems. And I think that we need to utilize that and and... and and try to to get people to see uh, how the the fundamental values that they already hold uh, support a a world where animals are treated with d- the dignity and respect that they deserve.
1: Oh, what a beautiful, beautiful ending, Jay! Thank you so much. I know we can't tell from your voice, but I'm just going to tell the listeners that you are really young. You're you're just a few years out of law school. So you have decades and decades and decades ahead to truly change the world for animals. And I'm so excited about all you're doing now and all you're going to do. So all good things to you, your work, your lovely partner, Rocky, who is just absolutely delightful and as on fire with this stuff as you are. And to your animal family. And thanks again for being part of the Main Street Vegan program.
3: Thanks so much for having me.
1: Bye. And everybody else, stay with us through these messages, and we will be meeting Susan Coleman, Activism for Animals. Stay with us.
0: If Unity Online Radio has helped you grow spiritually through programs like this one, Please consider supporting this online radio programming. Visit www.unity.fm and click on Donate Now. Thank you for helping us continue to serve as the voice of an awakening world.
2: What if you could experience vibrant health? Help heal the planet and be a great friend to God's animal kingdom through simple choices you make at breakfast, lunch and dinner.
1: Welcome back, everybody. I'm so happy that you're here to be speaking with us about what we can all do to make a difference for animals. It's very interesting to me that our our first guest, um, Jay Schuster, is doing amazing things and hasn't been in this work for a long, long time because he hasn't been on this earth for a long, long time. And Susan Perlman has been around a little longer and has been doing this for a while. She is a lifelong advocate for animals who has lobbied against factory farming and for environmental protection in Washington, D.C. for years. She served as executive director of the National Sustainable Agriculture Coalition and as director of international campaigns for humane Society of the United States, while a student at Georgetown University Law Center, Susan helped create the school's first animal law course. She currently leads Activism for Animals, and you can find them at activismforanimals.org, and this organization shares ideas for creative, positive actions that individuals can take, our theme for the day, to spread vegan and other animal rights messages in their day-to-day lives. Welcome, Susan Perlman.
4: Hi, Victoria. Thank you so much for having me. Well, it's
1: absolutely wonderful. I was uh, telling Jay about you, and, and he looked you up, and he was he was very impressed. So even though uh-huh. my guests don't talk with each other, it's always nice to know that they are connecting in some way and, and learning about uh, what what everybody's up to. So you've got a really interesting new platform. After all those years in big organizations and and doing some of the more governmental kind of stuff, you are out there reaching people one at a time. So what caused you to move in that direction?
4: Yeah, well, you're right, Victoria. So there are so many wonderful organizations out there that do great work advocating for animals. And I do encourage people who are animal rights activists and vegan activists to participate with those organizations, to donate to them if they're able to financially, to volunteer with them, protest with them, sign their online petitions and whatnot. But beyond that or, you know, in lieu of that, especially if you don't have an organization near you, there's so much that we as individuals can do to put animal rights and vegan messages out there into the world.
1: So let's jump right in. Uh, You've given me this really fascinating list of stuff (laughs) that we can do. So let's start. You say, how can activists for animals share animal rights messages From head to toe, I presume you're talking
4: about message wear. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. So people can make a real fashion statement, like a meaningful fashion statement, by being a billboard for the animals. So um, I have an Instagram feed, and there are lots of photos on the uh, activismforanimals.org website that are showing people wearing hats. There's even a woman who had no meat carved into her hair as part of her haircut. Uh, People are wearing T-shirts, jackets, pants, socks, shoes. Uh, They've got tote bags and backpacks and and purses and necklaces and rings and earrings, you know, belts, et cetera, et cetera. Everything imaginable, every garment imaginable that has some kind of great vegan message splashed across it or animal rights message on it. Um, and you don't need to be wealthy to to do any of my uh, suggestions. So there are even people who go to thrift shops and buy plain shirts, plain jackets, and then with their own artistry, they write their own vegan messages on them.
1: Do you think that sometimes... Some people are put off by that. Maybe it depends on the message. I always feel like when I know I'm going to be around vegans, I can have all the message where I want. And when I'm going to be around a group of non-vegans, I don't know. They're not wearing shirts saying
4: I like <laughs> to eat meat. I mean, <laughs> what do you think? I I think that that's changed over the years. Uh, I've been doing animal rights advocacy since the 80s, and I would say back in the 80s, uh, the response was almost totally negative. I still think it was important to do. But now uh, I try everywhere I go to have some kind of vegan or animal rights message gear with me, and I'd say that 95% of the uh, responses I get are positive, and I'd say that Uh, A lot of people ask me for tips on where they can find local uh, vegan restaurants or how they can find out more about vegan nutrition. So I think the tide has turned. That's my impression anyway. Uh,
1: Yeah, I mean, I love it. Whenever I see somebody wearing a vegan shirt and there's somebody that I don't know, I still have this naive idea, you're vegan and I don't know you. (laughs) 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 Um, But, I mean, the first time I saw that T-shirt that said... uh, not Your Mother, Not Your Milk. Mm. I met the gentleman who was wearing it. I took a picture of him and brought it home to my husband. And my husband is like, I need that shirt. so <laughs> he uh, yeah. it. The latest thing that happened to me with a vegan message thing, I have a beautiful silver necklace by a vegan jewelry designer, Sandy Nasanowitz. She's up in Poughkeepsie. Her website is Sundara Jewel, S-U-N-D-A-R-A, if anybody wants to look at some beautiful vegan jewelry. But anyway, I was wearing this necklace, and it just has carved in it vegan. And I went to a women's business networking event and this person met me, and she evidently had really good eyesight because she could read the vegan from, you know, <laughs> <laughs> away from me. Mm-hmm. She said, is that your name or a
4: choice? <laughs> but she noticed. <laughs> That's a good one. Yeah. yeah. I, so, definitely, I often, if you feel like a vegan t-shirt is too bold of a statement, something smaller like a vegan necklace is good. I frequently wear vegan necklaces to restaurants. and. The servers notice they they'll say to me even before I order they'll say oh I see that you're vegan you know such and such special is vegan or so you know they, people really do read them. That is so nice.
1: Okay, so uh, let's move on a bit. Um, well, I do have one other question though. On, before we leave clothing, what do you think about fake fur? For years, mm-hmm. I'm just like no, we wear fake fur. Somebody might think it's a fur. And yet there are some of these wonderful vegan companies coming up with these absolutely gorgeous garments. Do you think fake fur with a big old button on it? No fake fur? Where do you come on that?
4: Yeah, I'm a lover of fake fur. The faker, the better. I've got a bright pink, like neon pink fake fur. And the, where I come down on it is it's a great opportunity to wear no fur pin. Right. Okay. So it's, it's cool. a conversation starter.
0: It
1: is. It is. My favorite no fur pin I got from Joshua Katcher, the designer at Brave Gentleman, it said, fur means you hate animals. Oh. <laughs> a little bit of That's corny. a good one. Yeah, that's a good okay. one. Okay, so moving on. Now, we are mm-hmm. in November, and a lot of people are going to be being with extended family coming up here pretty quick. What do we do with friends and especially family?
4: Yeah. So there, there's so much that you can do. I'm going to give my personal opinion, which is Thanksgiving dinner or looking down the line, Christmas dinner are not the best times to be confrontational with your family, um, although that's more of a do as I say, not as I do, because for many years until I lost it recently, I had this giant pen that said Turkeys meet one, don't eat one, that I would wear to every Thanksgiving dinner, which I thought was funny, but not everybody, not everybody agreed. Um, but what I would say, there's a lot that you can do. So if you are going to a Thanksgiving type of dinner where the guests are invited to bring dishes, bring a lot of really delicious vegan food. Um, you know, you can be low-key about it, but food that everybody at the table will really love. You know, there's also... Some farm animal sanctuaries, uh, like I'm here in Washington D.C., and our nearby uh, farm animal sanctuary, Poplar Spring, holds Love a that sanctuary. It's so wonderful. Uh, they hold a Thanksgiving with the turkeys, and we also feed pumpkins to the pigs. And fortunately, that happens the Saturday before Thanksgiving, so it's a great opportunity to bring your not yet vegan uh, friends, family, co-workers, et cetera, you know, over to meet the animals. They're really the best ambassadors for the cause.
1: Oh, that just sounds heavenly. Okay, what else do we do, holidays or not? We've got all these friends and family, and some of them are very admiring, and some of them just don't get it. Do you have a different right. technique for different people?
4: Sure. Yeah. Well, you know, if somebody's the more I think that everybody is going to be open to it with time. Right. So it's a matter of being patient. And with those who are slowly getting there, like they're at the beginning of their journey of learning about some of these, the way that farm animals are treated, uh, the environmental consequences, the health consequences, the treatment of workers at these facilities, etc. They're just really at the beginning of beginning to understand these issues. Um, you can do fairly subtle things, like for gifts, you can give them a cookbook, and maybe it might have a low-key messaging that it's a plant-based cookbook, uh, or something that they would like. You know, anytime invite them over for dinner, serve them delicious food, uh, bring them gifts of food. A lot of people, once they learn about the issues, they oppose cruelty to animals, and they want to act on that but they're afraid that they'll have to give up some of their favorite foods so part of what we vegans can do in a very positive inspiring and upbeat way is to let people know that there's a vegan version for everything you don't really have to give up anything uh, because there's a there's a vegan plant-based version of it
1: This is so true, and I'm glad you brought up cookbooks um, because J.L. Fields and I have a new cookbook coming just in time for the holidays, uh, the Main Street Vegan Academy cookbook, and uh, if anybody buys that or orders it for your friends, uh, just email me. Uh, Main Street vegan at UnityOnlineRadio.org, and we will send you through the actual snail mail a nice autograph book plate from Jl and myself we can make that out to you or to your your friends or relatives or whomever so thank you for letting me slip that in and Susan well, I go up to that on that line. <laughs> That's,
4: uh, Victoria I have another tip for your listeners um, yeah, please. who want to support your cookbook is purchase the cookbook. And give it donate it to your local public library.
1: Oh, what a great idea. What a great idea. And certainly not just for our cookbook, but you know any kind of vegan or animal rights book, if you can get something, I've heard hardcover libraries like those because they tend to last longer. But um, yeah, what a great idea and really get the, the word out there. So, okay, now we're leaving the confines of friends and family, and we're at the office.
4: Oh, okay, great. A, a there's big, so many uh, things that people can do at the office. And, again, I think you need to read the environment. Uh, there, there's one uh, person who's uh, part of Activisms for Animal slideshow who set up an inform- their cube at the office is like an animal rights information center, which is so cool I don't think everybody can do that in every office, but you can do, you know, things, again, you you can read it. There's one woman, she goes by the handle Fat Lettuce on Instagram. She, again, with her own sort of fabric markers and fabric paints, made this beautiful lunch bag for herself that expressed that, you know, animals are friends, not food. And she that's what she keeps in the office fridge. So that's one way of educating people. Um, there are even more subtle ways, like uh, one of one uh, Instagram follower, New Jersey vegan, uh, brought in almond milk creamer for the coffee and put a little sticker on it saying "Try it." You know, like so, you can give away free vegan food uh, to your coworkers. You can, when you're going out to dinner, you can at lunch during work off hours. You can suggest a vegan restaurant. Um, a lot of people well, have the day enjoyed and- them.
1: You're cutting out, I'm afraid. Oh, I, I heard a cutout, yeah. yes. No, you're back. You're back, all is well. So you were saying we can go out for lunch with coworkers.
4: Go and then what lunch. do we do? Uh, well, then you've added a new restaurant to their repertoire that they'll probably go back to again in the future. So. Uh, people tend to enjoy good food when they have it, you know? Yeah, that uh, is so great. That, yeah.
1: Oh, I spoke last summer at the, uh, gosh, summer before last now maybe, at the Nashville VegFest. And the gentleman who puts it on has an interesting job for a vegan in that he sells uh, munitions to the military and to uh, police departments. And he had gone to Knoxville, Tennessee with his, his work providing firearms for the police department. And he took several of the officers to a vegan restaurant. And the next day, they sent him back pictures of them back at the vegan restaurant because they liked wow. it so much they went back a second time.
4: Yeah, it's just a, that's just a story that shows how one individual taking one action, that's a relatively light lift can really help animals going down the line. It just, it, it, the snowball keeps rolling downhill. Yeah. So what
1: about, you know, we all have our gifts and talents and places where we feel that we're skilled, that we feel it's, you know, this, I own this part of the world. You know, I may not be great over there at something else, but here it's mine. How can we use those to help animals? Welcome.
4: So. One of the nice things, Victoria, is that we're in such good company, right? There are so many talented vegans out there doing really cool things. so So one thing I would suggest to everybody is if you are an excellent cook or excellent baker, when you see a cooking competition or a baking competition in your community, enter it and you know with a vegan item with your favorite vegan recipe and win it. I mean these items tend to win quite frequently. Uh, and then, you know, there are countless artists who create images that express animal rights messages. Uh, and then all kinds of creative things, like I've seen a lot of embroiderers through Instagram that embroider uh, the V for vegan symbols, one for Halloween, did fleshes for zombies. That was really popular on Instagram. Uh, quilters, there's there's a group of volunteers with Toronto Cow Save, who made this really cool quilt, which is like a banner, and they bring it out for events like climate marches, where not everybody's vegan, but it it says vegan on it, and they're making the link between environmental protection and diet. Um, you know, and again, I'm a big fan of, you don't have to spend a lot of money to do this, so, you know, people go to thrift stores, or they get free blank tote bags, or uh, whatever it might be, uh, and add their own messages. One one uh, person, uh, Denim Ancy, uh, I don't know if that's the right pronunciation, that is her Instagram handle, she took a blank black umbrella and painted across it, animals want to be free just like us. And then just, you know, that's out there every time she's walking around with her umbrella up. And she wrote to me and told me that she's planning to write an animal rights message across a kite and then go and fly it in the park. Ooh.
1: Oh, this is this is very creative. I mean, some of these ideas I would never have come up with. Since you were talking about um, the uh, embroidery and, and quilting and that, I want to give a shout-out to um, thecompassionatenitter.com. Uh, Vivian uh, Strom, who's a graduate of Main Street Vegan Academy, was thinking about what's she going to do with her vegan lifestyle coach and educator certification. What's she really good at? What does she really like? Well, what she really likes is knitting. And so she's come up with this little business which, you know, could be not so little (laughs) before long, where she uses, of course, all all vegan uh, yarns and that kind of thing. And a percentage actually goes to um, the um, sanctuary there um, near D.C. that you mentioned. And my, it just, the name of it just left my brain.
4: Oh, Poplar Spring Animal Sanctuary. Poplar Spring.
1: Yeah, Poplar Spring Animal Sanctuary. So, if you have any new babies coming or you are interested in giving some knitted gifts this holiday season, do remember the Compassionate Knitter. This is exciting because you're telling me about things that people can do, and then I'm being reminded about things that people are already doing, and it's
4: Cool. I'll definitely check out com. That sounds
1: perfect. Yeah. She's great. And, and she's there in, in your area in uh, Maryland.
4: Oh, so, okay. I'll check her out.
1: And so this is something that you talk about doing too, supporting vegans who are doing cool things. So we just inadvertently did that. So how do we support one another? You know, I think so often, Susan, with all of this kind of tit for tat online, that it, it the joy of helping somebody else out is, is a little bit diminished because it all seems like, you know, co back scratching. What's a really wonderful, uplifting, and effective way to support our fellow vegans and activists?
4: Uh, well, there are so many. So let me just, I'm just going to throw in one, only one little nutrition bite, which is, for vegans, it is good to take vitamin B12, and I encourage you to do it in the listening audience and also to tell your friends, especially new vegans, that this is a good supplement to take, so that's one way. Um, I'm a big believer in supporting new vegans in the transition, and we can all, that's like one way that we as individuals on a person-to-person level can help people and get them to stick with their new veganism and become long-time vegans by giving them delicious vegan food, sharing your vegan recipes. I frequently give coupons uh, to people for vegan products that I know that they'll love. So, you know, th- those, those are ways to support new vegans. Take them out to your favorite vegan restaurants. Uh, if your area has a list of recommended restaurants that are either all vegan, all vegetarian, or offer a lot of vegan items, make sure that that gets into the hands of people who are interested in it, but then beyond that, we as vegans who want to support other vegans doing really cool things there's a lot we can do i I personally believe I know not everybody agrees, but I believe in a positive vibes only uh, in terms of vegan to vegan uh, communication on social media and whatnot so one amen. Thing that amen, right one thing that people can do for free, which I think is really important is to give five-star reviews and glowing write-ups to vegans who are putting vegan messages out there. So, for example, Victoria, I gave you and I have given a lot of other vegan podcast hosts uh, five-star reviews on iTunes, and folks can do it on Stitcher or wherever they listen to their podcasts. Um, I give five-star reviews with glowing write-ups to animal rights books and vegan cookbooks, on Amazon.com and other online booksellers. Uh, I give five-star reviews to vegan restaurants on Yelp and other online restaurant review sites. And then uh, Etsy is a little uh, marketplace where people can find a lot of great innovative, like uh, handmade vegan gear. So I like and follow uh, the shops that are, you know, vegan-themed or animal rights-themed shops. So those are just some examples. Again, these don't cost you any money, um, but there are great ways that, that you can spread the word.
1: they are great ways to spread the words, and they're just kind. And I know that that's such an integral part of, of being vegan. And I think sometimes as we get really busy and we're running around and we're trying so hard to do everything we have to do, we kind of forget that just kindness to our fellow humans as well it's just such a sweet thing. It makes us feel good and it makes vegans look good. So yeah. I like So that.
4: we want to be uh, like the, the public face that we as vegans who want other people to go vegan could have is a positive, inspiring energy that is going to attract people to us. So, so for example, you can go out on the street and... Or even even in settings like offices or what have you, give food away. Right? People love food, so bring them vegan cupcakes. Or a little idea I came up with for perhaps the cheapest vegan feed-in ever or vegan uh, food share ever is take a sharpie, write your vegan message or write your favorite, uh, you know, vegan website on it on the mart on the uh, banana peel and hand out bananas or give away bananas. Oh, oh. (laughs) brilliant.
1: Uh, that's, That's brilliant. It really, truly is. Now, what about athletes? They seem to be doing so much for our movement, the really elite athletes. But what about, you know, weekend warriors and those of us who will kind of put on gym shoes and do a little something? Can we use that to
4: be helpful? Yeah, absolutely, right? So part of our message is that, Vegans are healthier than the average person in the public and more athletic as well. So there are groups of people who, when they enter running races, for example, they wear vegan shirts, Uh, bikers stick uh, vegan stickers on their helmets and on their bikes, and then they wear vegan message gear, like they might be having a backpack with the word vegan across the back, uh, there's a surfer who puts animal rights messages on his surfboard. There are skateboarders who paint their skateboards with the word vegan across it. So, yeah, when you go to the gym and you're lifting, there are a couple of things you can do. You can wear a vegan T-shirt or you can put vegan starter guides in the little magazine slots in your gym. Yeah, the
1: vegan starter guides are so interesting because I have heard that all cities—it's sort of like how public service announcements you know, that TV and radio stations have to do some of those, and cities are also required to provide kiosks for these publications, and you just go get the kiosk and you fill it with vegan starter guides and. It's a commitment because, you know, you don't want it to get empty and you want to make sure it hasn't been vandalized or whatever. But how cool to get those in people's hands. Do you have a particular favorite vegan
4: starter guide? You know, I like them all. PETA has a good one. Vegan Outreach has so much good stuff. Uh, You know, I'm a big fan of Compassion Over Killing and Mercy for Animals and the Humane League and so many other organizations. Like, there are so many good organizations, and so many good vegan starter guides that I mean that's the nice thing. Again, the movement has really expanded. There are lots of great people putting out lots of great information and all of us as individuals can help them get that into the world by sharing it in our communities, right? So right. here here are some ideas. I always keep this is this is just a little tip. Keep you know, keep some vegan starter guides in your backpack or your book bag or what have you as you're going about some really great places to leave them is anywhere that people are going to be bored and looking for something to read. So I have filled magazine racks at the jury waiting room, uh, hmm. at my hair salon, at doctor's offices, at the coffee shop, at the gym, and then definitely in public transportation settings like buses, subways, trains, and then an airport. Ports. You can, first of all, you can put them out in the waiting area for airports, but you can also slip them inside of the in-flight magazine on the pouch in front of you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, That's you know, brilliant. it's like being Johnny Appleseed and leaving little apple seeds wherever you go, but except we're, we're leaving vegan starter guides.
1: I love that. And you can just contact any of these organizations and ask for a whole bunch of them. Yeah, they're very eager to send them out. I know I have some in my closet right now, but now I'm going to stick it and stick them in the backpack because they're not making any vegans in my closet, right?
4: <laughs> I keep a stash at home, but yeah, it's nice, especially if you wear uh, a T-shirt that says "Ask Me Why I'm Vegan." When people ask you why you're vegan, you can just reach into your bag and pull out a vegan starter guide, and you know, especially for people who feel a little bit shy about. Uh, discussing these issues themselves or afraid there might be confrontation, you just give them the vegan starter guide and say, you know, read this. That's all it really takes. And a few other a few other tips on where you can put them. Some communities have what is called little free libraries. They have these little boxes around town where people put books and they borrow books and, and give books. So you can add your favorite vegan cookbook, like one written by Victoria, Uh, You can add any kind of animal rights books. You can add vegan starter guides. And you can add DVDs like uh, Earthlings or Meet Your Meat or whatever it might be. And, of course, you can always slip a little brochure into the books that other people donate. And same with library books. When I return a library book, I slip a little vegan brochure in there. Why not?
1: Why not? Oh, wow. (laughs) I like
4: how you think.
1: Bit of stealth activism, but a lot of fun and and very good hearted all the way around. So, everybody, do check out all of Susan's fun ideas, fun and very helpful ideas at activismforanimals.org. And the four is spelled out, F O R. And she's activism for animals on Instagram and YouTube and pretty much everywhere out there in the world. So, just in our last few minutes, Susan. How do you spend most of your activism time? What do you think is the most valuable thing you personally can do with the
4: minutes of your day? So, activism for animals gives people hundreds of ideas. And what's going to... Not all of them are going to resonate with any one individual, right? What's going to happen is that if you go over the list... Some of them are going to strike you as like, oh, really cool, I want to do that. So I'd say do the ones that call to you. Do the ones where your energy wants to go. And don't do the ones that make you miserable, right? Like if you're trying to, I've had people say, oh, I'm trying to veganize my boyfriend, but he won't go vegan. Okay, that's that energy path is not open right now. Put your energy somewhere else where, you know, you're getting a positive response. So, um, you know, I love to do my own creative artwork and get that into the world. I get a lot of positive responses from that, both in terms of artwork that I can share on social media, but then also artwork that I can wear around town. And, uh, again, the, the responses are almost uniformly positive, almost uniformly great interest. Uh, Halloween, by the way, just just passed. That's a fun, Uh, Halloween's one of my favorite holidays, and so a vegan pumpkin, a vegan Halloween costume, vegan candy bags, you know, like every opportunity is an opportunity to get creative for the animals.
1: Uh, You sound like one of the most creative people I've ever talked with. (laughs) That is so fascinating to me, and I also loved what you said, In the example about the boyfriend, or it could be the girlfriend, it could be anybody, you said, and I don't even know if you heard yourself, but this would be a wonderful tweet. Now that Twitter has allowed us to tweet longer, (laughs) you could say the whole thing. You said that energy path is not open right now. Put your energy elsewhere. I love that. It's not that it's hopeless. It's not that, you know, somebody's a bad vegan because they can't convince those close to them. Sometimes we have no idea how many people we're influencing at all, and just sometimes it's the people closest to have those closed energy paths. I love how you said that.
4: Well, or it just takes time, right? I mean, I've been doing this since the 80s, and uh, if you know, <laughs> you, back in the 80s, you had to have a high tolerance for negative feedback to be out there on the streets doing this kind of stuff, or even with your friends and family. Um, but, you know, society is really changing. People are becoming more and more aware of this. I see, first of all, there are more and more vegan food options, which lowers people's barriers, uh, and people are learning about these issues. It's not just me telling them they're seeing it elsewhere. So they're more receptive to these messages. And even if it's not that they're going to go vegan, but it's that the supermarkets have larger and larger vegan sections all the time, even mainstream supermarkets, and they're willing to give that food a try. They're not just going to scoff it off, uh, like they might have done decades ago. So that's why all of these innovative, smart, uh, you know, terrific vegan activists and animal rights activists around the world coming up with their own creative ideas and getting these messages out person to person in their own community. It's just having such a powerful effect and really, I hope, changing a, a tide, turning the tide.
1: You know, it is turning the tide. The, the world is changing and you put it absolutely beautifully. Susan Perlman, Activism for Animals. Remember, too, our first guest, uh, the wonderful Jay, our young attorney. And I want to let you know that next week's program is going to have an amazing vegan veterinarian. And also, you asked for it, you got it, Moby. Moby, an incredible performer on the Main Street Vegan show one week from today. To Unity Online Radio, thank you so much for being there and making this program possible. To our engineer, Jeff Comfort. To you, the listener, God bless you. Eat your veggies.
2: Victoria Moran will make your move in a vegan direction easy, fun, affordable, and delicious. With enticing topics and entertaining guests, every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Central Time, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. When I look at the world around me, I may feel dismayed by the amount of conflict I see. Of course I want things to be different, and perhaps I'm willing to take action. But so often I don't know exactly what to do or how. Sometimes the best place to start is with myself. By first looking at my own life and relationships, I may find areas of conflict that need to be resolved. If I want that resolution, I must work for it within myself. Peace is a personal responsibility, an ever-present power I must choose to accept. Every time I work to heal something within myself, I am helping to heal the world. Peace happens, one heart at a time. Peace can begin with me. To find a Unity Church near you, please visit our website at www.unity.org.